on Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is Orange Nation. All right, Stephen Fonsi, Paulie Sibilia back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation as we go back to the phone lines to bring on... I know our, our call screener, Paulie, says Ted in Pittsburgh. Uh, this is actually Ted in San Diego. Good morning to you out there on the West Coast, Ted. <laughs> hey, this is Ted Leitner with the Padres in San Diego State. I just wanted to call in and uh, tell Paulie, big game tomorrow, man. Big game. My Padres. That's, exactly. That's pretty good. <laughs> Paulie, we, we, uh, we, we surprised you. You were, you, nice. you were like, oh, we're just going to take a caller here? Yeah, how about that? Nice. One of, one, of, one of your idols on with us, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ted Leitner, uh, longtime voice of the San Diego Padres, a, longtime voice of San Diego State football and basketball. A guy I spent most of my nights uh, hiding under my bed with my volume down low so my parents wouldn't know I, uh, I had, uh, had the radio in the Padres games there. I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of. I had that effect on a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what. I tell you what, Paul. This is uh, a strange time for me to walk away because, and there's a good reason for that because I'm really, really stupid. But this is going to be a really terrific Padre team. After all the stuff that I watched, right. which was not great, not great. This is going to be a really, perhaps great, certainly good Padre team. Yeah, many years of Juan Eichelbergers and. Uh, uh, <laughs> In the likes of No Name Padres, this is it's it is a lot of fun right now. Uh, I'm super oh, excited. Hey, no, there there were games through I did I broadcast in the 80s and the 90s where you knew that day starting pitcher and you make up your scorebook and you'd see their lineup and the Padre lineup and that Padre pitcher against that pitcher on the other side and you knew well you know you're in the major leagues you're doing a good broadcast you're trying to do a good broadcast you're in the ballpark you didn't have to pay to get in and you knew you had very little chance to win now you go out there with you darvish and 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 the rest of blake snell and these guys and you think wow what a difference what a difference yeah you i I will say this it's an honor to talk to you and it was a lot of fun growing up listening to you and jerry coleman call those games uh even Not the ba- sure. even the bad ones were you guys made fun. I used to, <laughs> and I appreciate that very much because I would talk to my cohorts. You know, I'd been John Sterling with the Yankees and uh, Joe Castiglione with the Red Sox and guys like that, and I say, "Hey, hey, I can do your job. Why don't you try to take my job? I'll do those games. You do my games, and see who the, who does the better job." Because I told them anybody can do your job, and anybody can do the Yankee games. But try the Padre games back in the 80s and the 90s, even the, uh, later than that. But uh, now now things have evened up to where the Padre Nation here really expects great things. And not just for one year, like in 96 or 98 and those kind of things, and getting to the World Series and even 84. This is sustained year to year based on the talent at the major league level and the talent at the minor league level. And quite frankly, you know as a Padre fan, that's never happened. Pretty damn exciting. Yeah, and Ted, uh, I know you're not calling the games day in and day out anymore, uh, but you are still heavily involved with the organization, yes? Very much so. Very much so. For the very first time since 1980, I've not gone to spring training, but that has to deal more with the COVID, with the, with the COVID protocols and all that stuff in terms of, you know, baseball has the Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, and then the broadcasters and others are Tier 3, and you can't interact with the players who are Tier 1, and that's still in effect for this year like it was for, for last season. Maybe that changes during the course of the season. I mean, it was bizarre. First time in my entire life I didn't see one player 
and have contact with one coach the entire season. It was all Zoom or nothing, and that's really bizarre, especially in baseball. You're around the batting cage, and you're picking up stuff and talking to guys on the plane and whatever in the, in the clubhouses around the nation and around baseball. It's really, really bizarre. That having been said, it was great that they actually had a season because we thought there would be none, but this is uh, like the same kind of a thing for now. No sense going to spring training. You can't talk to anybody. Well, Ted, there is a there is an NCAA tournament, and I think you know six months ago we wasn't we, you know we weren't sure that there was going to be one, uh, and there is a game tomorrow that uh, the fans around here very much care about um, is Syracuse San Diego State. What can you tell us about this Aztecs team? You know, it's an interesting phenomenon. Every time Steve Fisher, who built this program, you know, after his uh, work with the Fab Five in, in uh, Michigan and his national championship, and he built a program that no one can build. I mean, it was just it was it was just as low as it could get, and no coach, even great coaches that were brought in after winning big time, Sweet 16-type coaches, didn't matter, couldn't build a program. Steve Fisher did that, and he would always say, you know, people think about San Diego State, they think about defense and Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) And I would remind him, no, they think about Kawhi Leonard, defense, and Steve Fisher. But the truth of the matter is, in this day and age, where everybody wants to dunk, everybody wants to especially shoot the three, that this team plays defense. This team plays defense unlike any team I've seen so far, at least on their schedule and on television this year. And that's a rare deal in this day and age. And it's the kind of thing where you, it, it travels. You know, it, it's all the time. you got to do good defense. It, they really, really work at it. It's a t- an interesting, interesting dynamic of a team, a bunch of old souls, guys and old-time players. And, and Fisher and now his, his companion, if that's the way to call him, Brian Dutcher, who was with him with the Fab Five at Michigan, recruited most of those guys and uh, now has taken over the program here in his fourth year. They do the same thing. They have more offense than they've had in the last few years. But, I mean, they will go out there and play a man-to-man defense, and they will make it tough for you to make shots all the time. That's always there. They may have a bad day and, and miss their shots. That's happened a few times, too. But in terms of defense, I'm really looking forward to see what they can do. Yeah, and the other end of the court, uh, you know, Brian Dutcher made it known on Monday, uh, hey, we don't see zone uh, here in the Mountain West. Um, you right. know, and we know that Syracuse is going to give them 40 minutes of zone tomorrow night. Uh, do they have the personnel to handle it? I would assume yes, because they're a good three-point shooting team. But how much of a concern is that for the Aztecs that they haven't played against a lot of zone and, you know, Syracuse has one of the best, or, you know, traditionally one of the best oh, uh, sure. two-three zones in the country? Yeah, and I've seen that myself. I've only I've been on the Carrier Dome one time. I broadcast the game. I think it was 2015 in the NIT, and it was a long day. <laughs> it was a long night. It was a long night in front of like 26,000 people. It was outrageous, and uh, they were not a great shooting team back then. The Aztecs, and that that zone drove them absolutely crazy. Then we had the game here on the aircraft carrier. That was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> an outdoor game, an outdoor game in the winter, and and I'll never forget Jamal Franklin, who was the number one guy. Eventually, got a, a, a thing taken in the second round of the NBA draft. Went out in this windy, cold day on the deck of the aircraft carrier that's parked here uh, as as a museum, and he shot a three point shot. And it didn't even hit the backboard. It went about three feet to the right of the backboard. And I thought, uh-oh, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. Bottom line, uh, the Orange made more shots, and the Aztecs could do nothing against that zone. And, I mean, it just you would you would shoot a three, and it would literally make a right turn like a curveball. It was incredible. But Syracuse had much better players then. And I don't know in terms of the level of play, you know, what, what – 
they have now, obviously not what they were. The Aztecs are better than what they were then. So I'm really looking forward. It's, it's an interesting matchup. What you mentioned about the zone, it's like you know, in football back in the, in the 70s when you'd play a wishbone team and have no idea what the heck they were doing because you didn't play against that during the course of the season. And, and then you had pretty relatively little time, like a week in this case, to get ready to play something you don't see regularly. And you do not see zone, not the way that Beheim plays his own either that good through the years. So it's an interesting, interesting matchup of all the of all the matchups they could have gotten. Uh, Syracuse may be a down year for them, but it's a tough matchup for San Diego State. I'm convinced of that. All right, last one for me, Ted. Uh, you know, it, it is an intriguing matchup. Uh, what does your gut tell you about this game tomorrow night? Who wins and why? I think if the Aztecs make shots, and again, they've been pretty pretty decent. They've been the best uh, three-point shooting team in the Mountain West Conference. But the, you know, let's be honest, the Mountain West Conference is not the ACC by any stretch of the imagination. And in fact, the bottom half of the Mountain West is as bad as I've ever seen it, like ever since. It's a pretty young a young group here in terms of the conference since 1999. I think if the Aztecs can make some shots, if they're in the mid-40s, the way they play defense, I think they'll win the ball game. If they have one of those days, they've only had one really bad one all year, and that was one of their four losses at Utah State when they shot 31% and, and lost by something like 12. So if they're decent in their shooting percentage, and they have good three-point shooters, they have a center who's really terrific at times, inconsistent most of the times, and Nathan Mensa, who when he plays and plays well as he did in the championship game of the Mountain West, I think he'll be a force that'll be tough to match up for you. But in terms of staying with it, I would stick with the prediction that with a decent shooting percentage and the way they rebound the way they normally rebound, that I think San Diego State's got a good solid chance to win. And obviously the people who you know, put their money on these things in Las Vegas and elsewhere made him a three-point favorite. That doesn't mean much, but I think they have a solid, solid chance to win. And then if they win that, they have to go against a full-court press with, uh, with West Virginia, and they nev- never, never see that either in their conference. So in terms of the teams they have, they can beat those teams, but it's, like we said, very tough to get ready for them in a short period of time. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting bracket. Uh, Ted, you've been so gracious with your time. Uh, we do have to give uh, Matt Park a big assist on this one uh, for setting this <laughs> up and, and for surprising Paulie. Uh, Paulie, anything, you know, you being the Padres fan, anything you want to ask Ted before we let him go? Yeah, I just want to ask you one thing. In all the years of calling those Padres games, what's the one moment that sticks out most to you? We'll bore, we'll bore the Syracuse people for a day. What's the one moment in Padre history that, that sticks out the most to you? Actually, game six in Atlanta in 1998, and this was some kind of a run through the playoffs, the best Padre team ever, you know, with Tony Gwynn and Greg Vaughn and Ken Caminetti, Steve Finley, guys like that, Kevin Brown as the number one starter, and they go in the playoffs against an outstanding Houston team that's got Randy Johnson picked up during the course of the season, and then they go against Atlanta with the three Hall of Famers in that rotation with Maddox and Smoltz and Glavin, and the Padres are in game six. They got a short lead, small lead, and uh, they get a line drive by the pitcher to left field that goes off Bautista's glove. Padres go up like four runs, and we're going and calling the plane, the charter plane, and making a, a, a flight plan for LaGuardia Airport, and we're going to play the New York Yankees in the World Series. I grew up in New York. I was a vendor at Yankee Stadium, and I'm about to go back after that line drive and broadcast games in Yankee Stadium. That, to me, had to be number one. Yes, we got swept by the Yankees because <laughs> that 90s Yankee team was just not good. Great. 
But to get there and to have that moment in that game six in Atlanta at the old Turner Field, that was awesome. That was awesome. I've got chills just listening to that story. Uh, Ted, this was really nice of you to come on and do this. Uh, Thanks so much for giving us a a few minutes of your time, and uh, enjoy a a great weekend of college basketball. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right, there he is, the great Ted Leitner, uh, former San Diego Padres play-by-play man, calls uh, football and basketball for San Diego State. How's that, Paulie? We we completely fooled you. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks. I grew up listening to that guy, and uh, it was – it, it's a lot of fun to even get to talk to him because uh, I people I don't know if people know like I listen and watch every Padres game like it, it's a it's a, an addiction for me I, I I've done it since 1980 I, I sit and watch every game I still do MLB TV's made it great but uh, yeah that was awesome grew up listening to him as a kid and it's a lot of fun. All right, uh, and again, big assist to, to Matt Park for making that happen. we got to take our final time out. We'll wrap things up right after this on ESPN Radio.